And she's going to come minister to the whole church this morning. And I'm super excited about Pastor Callie joining us. She came all the way from Texas. So <clears throat> we're going to invite you to come up. I'm going to pray over you. But I, I want to tell you just a little story. And I think she's going to um, further this maybe this morning. I don't know whatever God's going to do. But on Saturday morning, um, we woke up and got around. And she began to deliver the word. And you would not believe what she spoke on. Making every home an altar. And it was this moment where we were just like, the whole room, I really legitimately was sitting behind her as she's speaking, looking out, going, she doesn't know is what I just said. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. And so at the end of the service, I was like, Pastor Kelly, you, you don't know this, but if I were to say on the count of three what the theme of our year is from the Lord, and I said, one, two, three, and all the women said, every home in and we were all just blown away by what God did in that moment. Um, one, because it just validated who God is in her. And two, it knit our hearts together knowing, hey, we're all on the same page here. God is doing the same thing here as he's doing in Baytown, as he's doing in England, as he's doing in China. And we are in the vein of what the Holy Spirit is doing and that's our heart. That's our heart here. We would be a spirit-led church. Amen? Yes. Amen. So this morning, let me just pray over you. God, I just bless this woman. Jesus. I just bless this woman. I bless her home. I bless her family. I bless her children. I bless her church. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for the gift of Pastor Callie to the body of Christ. Beautiful are the feet of them that bring the good news. And we thank you, God, for bringing her feet to this soil this morning. Deliver your word through her. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Can we bring this down? Thank you so much. That's great. Uh, I'm a bit overwhelmed today. I want you to raise your hands and just... The goodness of the Lord is here. The blessing of the Lord, the power of the Lord, the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. We bring all of our gifts to the Lord, and our gifts are beautiful, but outside of the presence, it's lacking. And I sense his presence so strong here. I don't know, in the last 10 years of my life, uh, when the Lord sends me somewhere new, I have a whole group of people that I preach for that God has just added one by one. But when the Lord sends me somewhere new, uh, I can say almost every time. There may have been one or two places because I never want to exaggerate. But almost every time when the Lord sends me into a new church or a new with a new pastor, uh, there's an anointing on that house for major revival 
And I don't know why. I'm not worthy to do anything. But I know when, as I was coming closer to this church, the power of God hit me so strong today in intercession, prayer, the altar, the things that your pastor's been teaching. It began to hit me so strong I couldn't hardly drive my car. And I found myself turning into a cow pasture. (laughs) (laughs) Thinking this is where it is, God. This is it. This is where it is. What good could come out of Bethlehem? (laughs) The King of Kings came out of Bethlehem. The Lord of Lords came out of that little town. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing here. I honor you. I honor your presence. I honor your love. I honor your mercy. I honor your uh, direction. I honor these pastors. I honor this church. I honor the men in this house. I honor the women in this house. I honor the families. I honor the young people. I honor the children. I honor everyone that serves in this house. I honor every sacrifice that's made financially, spiritually. I honor this house. I thank you, Lord, for what you are doing and what you're going to do over the next 10 years in this house. It is going to be extraordinary what the Spirit of the living God does in the next 10 years in this house. It is going to be mind-blowing but it's going to be powerful and precious. I hear the Lord saying, go low, go low, go low. It's no coincidence that your pastor's been preaching on the altar because the altar will be the only thing that sustains the harvest. Pitch a tent, build an altar, pitch a tent. And dig a well. Build an altar. Pitch a tent. And dig a well. And that's what he told Isaac. Your home has to be incorporated in your altar. Your altar has to be proximity to your home. It has to be the center focal point of your home. And it's out of that decision that the well begins to spring up. And I see a geyser springing up out of this land. And it, it looks like it would, some would say it's oil. And it's oil, okay? It's the oil of the Spirit. It's the water of the Spirit. And God is going to do something so supernatural. It's going to be mind-blowing. You will say, how did this happen? And people will say, how did that happen? And people that knew you will say, how did that happen? And you'll say, God. It was all God. It was all God. It was every bit God. And the broken will come here. They want to quit. And they'll come in. And the Spirit of God will arrest them. And God will heal them. And they'll run back out to do the work of God. And evangelists will pour out of here. And prophets will pour out of here. And the five-fold ministry will be restored incomplete. Because we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. We don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. We clean up the baby. 
clean up the baby. Are there crazy prophets? Yeah. Are there ones that are kooks? Yeah. And then there's ones that are real like me and they still feel kooky. <laughs> I know what it's like to be down and, and done and disposed of and busted. I know what that's like. But see, don't ever count out what God counts in. And God said, on this land, in this place, will be one of the greatest revivals that America's ever seen. And he says, you just keep telling them to go low and keep going low with them, Pastor. Because what is coming, you will not be able to uh, handle in your mind and in your intellect. You will have to do everything by the Spirit. And I don't know how your structure set up here. I don't know. But the men and women of God that you have around them will we'll have to be spirit-led because God is going to take you into a place of great harvest, but it will be a place of great risk. It will, it, there will be no risk because you're doing it as of, unto the Lord, but it will feel like risk. Do you understand? And when we follow God, many times it feels like risk, but it's just like God saying, come on, Peter, walk out there. Okay, okay, I can do this. And the Lord says, just follow his instruction every day. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. You're a dreamer and you're a planner. And if you get too far ahead of yourself, it'll get overwhelming. Take it day by day, step by step, week by week, prayer by prayer, intercession by intercession. Follow the Holy Spirit. You will not make a mistake. You may make some things that you have to correct, but you won't make a tragedy, tragic mistake. Okay? We're humans. We make little mistakes. But in the big picture, you're going to do this well and you're going to end well. You're going to do this well and you're going to end well. Amen. You're going to end well. You're going to end well. And you've seen a lot of people not end well. And it's concerning to you. But the Lord says you will do this well and you will end well. You're a man of great integrity. And you're a woman of power and of might. And you don't ever need to second guess yourself. You have a prophetic sound to your voice. And God is going to grow it and he is going to he is going to give you the bravery and the courage to begin to use it and don't be afraid. Can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. What God is going to do here is going to take the fivefold ministry. You have an apostolic call you have a pastor's call. You're, you're incredibly um, practical too, which is such a blessing to this church. But you, Jamie, have a prophetic anointing. And you see things many times before they happen. And you just have to go down. Because with these gifts and with this harvest, on your knees is the only way to handle it. Let's give Jesus a hand clap. I uh, woke up hearing this, Amos 9, 13 through 15. And this is the word of the Lord for this church, for your family, for the businesses that are represented, 
for the ministries that are represented, for this, this actual house and what God is going to do in this region. Amos 9, 13 through 15. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look. Blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel. In 2020, one morning I got up, and I'm going to finish reading this. I got up and I heard the Lord say, you are entering into an era where the, where the church in America is going to experience the greatest revival ever known. But running tandem with revival in the church is going to be some of the most treacherous times you've ever seen in America. There will be houses and, and places like this where it will feel like the land of Goshen. For whatever reason, whatever's going on out there will not affect the power and the manifestation of the Spirit in these places and pockets of revival. I prophesy that what we see in the next 12 months will not affect this region. I prophesy that this church will stand strong and will pray and fast and seek God. And, and you will literally begin to have to build out on both sides. In fact, I actually did see a tent. I saw a tent of meeting. I believe as you're building the next building, you'll have to reside in a tent. It's going to be fun. They'll rebuild the ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll, and, and I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God, says the Lord. Now, here's what I hear very strong about this church. You are a for such a time as this, and you are like the men of Issachar. And let me explain to you something about the men of Issachar. Well, let me explain to you something about just their tribe. First of all, when David took kingship, all the tribes started sending him soldiers. And this tribe sent him 10,000. And that tribe sent him 25,000. And this tribe sent that. I mean, it was everyone sent thousands of soldiers. Issachar sent 200. 200. And you would think, well, man, I'm embarrassed to even come with 200. But you see, these were not just any 200. They were men and women that understood times and seasons. The Bible says they were chiefs. They were anointed to understand how to navigate troubled waters, how to bring revival and work with the Holy Spirit and partner with God in a time when a nation's in trouble. 
They were, they were men and women that understood that God has a plan even in the darkest times. And I prophesy that you're a man of Issachar. And even though your congregation is about 200, God is going to use this congregation to help many in the body of Christ navigate through troubled times. So don't ever despise where you are. Jesse didn't even recognize the son that should be the king. He brought everyone else. He brought all of his boys. I'm going to tell you, if a prophet told me to bring all the males, I'd have everything in there, including the male cats and dogs. <laughs> you don't miss a son when the prophet says, bring all the boys. He left him in the back of the field. They did, he didn't even believe in his son enough to go get him. They go through all the boys. Samuel goes, this, this ain't it. I know what God said. You got to have some. And he says, oh, I got one more. Why didn't you bring him in the beginning? They bring in David. He's on the backside of the desert, on the backside of the farmland, wherever he's at, tending sheep. They bring him up. And all of a sudden, they pour the oil over his head. So this is the one. This is the one. And I'm, I see the Lord pouring the oil over this church. So I want you to raise your hands and I want you to receive. He's saying, this is the one. I've anointed you for such a time as this. I've anointed you to be an oasis of love for the lost. I've anointed you to be an oasis of mercy. I've anointed you to be an oasis of deliverance. I've anointed you to multiply and extend your tent pegs. I've anointed you for revival on this land. I've anointed this church. No weapon formed against you will prosper and no plague or no device of the enemy will, will come near your dwelling. See, the men of Issachar understood. And Lord, I, I thank you and I ask you for a spirit of revelation on this couple, on this man and this woman. They'll walk in revelation and they'll walk in the power and the anointing of your spirit. The Lord says you're a humble man and he is going to bless that. He is going to bless that. I hear the Lord saying, I'm your father. He is your father. And anything you ask, he'll give it to you. So if you find yourself in need, ask the father. He's very proud of you. Very proud of you. You'll be able to help lots of men. Nobody else can help. You'll be able to help them. You are a true shepherd. 
you are a true shepherd. And when you find, church, when you find a true shepherd, see, he's a true shepherd following the true shepherd. Doesn't mean he's perfect. Doesn't mean he doesn't make mistakes. He, we're, we're all flesh. But he's a true shepherd, has a true shepherd's heart, and he's following the true shepherd. And you're safe. You're safe. There's, a, there's one more thing I want to talk to you about. I am not much of a preacher. I'm a prophesier. And I just speak whatever God tells me to speak. So if you want perfect preaching, don't invite me. <laughs> but I will say what the Lord says. <clears throat> the key is prayer and obedience. Obedience, now this is something I've had to work out in my own life. Obedience that is tied to an expected end negates the sovereignty of God. Now, we partner with the Holy Spirit. He wants to partner with us. And I can say nine times out of ten when I obey Holy Spirit, the expected end is good. But there are times that I have had to obey Holy Spirit when it didn't seem like it was working. And there's a story in Judges, and I'm not going to go into all of it, but there's a story in Judges where there was a terrible sin that was committed by the tribe of Benjamin. And they did a perverted, terrible sin. And the Lord spoke to an Israel, which was another tribe and said go and go attack them go this this needs to be handled this is problems in your own camp go deal with it and they went on the instruction of the lord and they got their tail whooped and they lost thousands of men and then the lord said go back again and they got their tail whipped again because the benjamites were very fierce warriors and they went and prayed and inquired of the Lord again. And the Lord says, go now and you will win. And they won the battle. But before they won the battle, they lost two scrimmages. So here's what I'm encouraging you. You will be obedient to the Lord no matter what. And even if it seems like it's not going the way it should, you know the voice of the Lord. You obey the Lord because at some point you're going to win the battle. But our, our obedience can't be, in other words, I can't just say, oh, I'm going to obey because God's going to make me the victor. I'm going to obey because I love God and he is the Lord of my life. I'm going to obey God if it means my life. We're in a time and a season in life, an era where we must fight for our nation. We must fight for our families. We must fight for our churches. If somebody would have told me when I was 25 and I'm 62 years old, if somebody would have told me when I was 25 or even 50 that I would see the things I see in America today, I would not have believed it. And don't tell me God doesn't care for a nation. He sent prophets to save nations 
all through the Bible. He cares about a nation. But it starts with a home. It starts with our home. We, we, must, we must build the altar in our home and see our home saved first. Then, we, then our churches, we gather in communities. We see the region turned by the power of God. And there's the greatest, some of the greatest revivals you've ever seen. And this is going to be one of them. And it is going to affect the whole state of Tennessee. There will be many churches, many pastors, many ministers, five-fold ministry that come in here and they're ready to give up because they've been beaten up by the devil. And they'll get a second wind and they'll be healed and they'll be delivered and they'll go out and they'll do the work of God. I want to I pray over every businessman in this house. I see incredible increase over the business people of this house. If you're a businessman or businesswoman, stand up. Come on, stand up. I prophesy a hundredfold blessing on every business in this house. A hundredfold blessing. More business than you actually, you're having trouble handling it all. But God is going to give you the wisdom and the capacity to handle the blessing. You're going to be kings and priests in the house of the Lord. And you're going to help further the gospel in this region. There's going to be great sacrifice that is required from this congregation. Not just finances, but time and prayer and money and coming and helping when revivals are going on. And I just, I want you to just raise your hands and receive the spirit of the Lord and receive a desire to do everything God's called you to do. Heal this man, Lord. Heal him completely. God put you here for a reason. He put you here. He planted you here for a reason. Where's Molly? He planted you and your family and your husband and your children here for a reason. Many of you, most of you have been planted here by the Lord to, to help sustain and to be the foundation of what God is going to do. In the next 12 months, it's going to be incredible, the uh, explosion of growth. But the main thing is going to be the explosion of prayer. Because growth without prayer is just an audience. We need an army. God's building an army here. He's building an army here. He's building an army in America. The church is arising. The, the real church is arising. And there's look, listen, there's nothing wrong with beautiful stages and lots of tech and all that. I love all that. That's... But if church is just a show, the world can outdo us 10 to 1. It has to be an expression. It has to be an encounter with Jesus. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Anyone that's sick in your body, I want you to just raise your hand because God's going to heal you today. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you for that your power is flowing over this congregation and healing your people today. And I declare the blessing and the healing balm of Gilead. I thank you, Lord, for healing your people. Healing your people. Healing your people. 
healing your people. There will be days where it will be revival, revival, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night, and then God will let you go on extended times where church is just more normal, but it will still be revival. And then you'll hit other seasons where it's day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. And God is going to give this this church an incredible capacity to carry the ark. An incredible capacity to carry the ark. See, you have to be so careful when you're carrying the ark. The presence of God, the ark carried the presence of God. And you can't, you can't just handle it any old way. And the Lord's going to show you how to balance uh, not wearing the people out and carrying his ark. And you follow his spirit. You do not be fearful. I bless you in Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus over your children. I plead the blood of Jesus over your marriage. I plead the blood of Jesus over every family under your watch. I call in everyone that's supposed to be here to be here. We call them in from the north, south, east, and west. Hear the word of the Lord and come join your home. I heard the Lord say, seeds, no weeds. We don't want a church of weeds. No, it's not weeds church. (laughs) We want seeds church. We want seeds that become trees. And I heard the Lord say, no weeds. We rebuke all weeds. We want men and women that want to become trees. That doesn't mean we don't have some weeds in our lives to pluck up because we've all plucked up a few weeds, right? But we don't want to be a weed. We want to be a true seed that turns into an oak, a tree of life. God bless you. Can we just honor the gift? I feel like a few things. You know, like parents of teenagers, you know, like you tell your teenagers the same thing over and over and over again. And then they go to youth group and they hear that from their youth pastor. And all of a sudden, like the light bulb comes on. (laughs) I felt like we heard from the youth pastor tonight. (laughs) I mean that in the greatest way. Obedience over everything. You guys have heard me say this. Your responsibility is obedience. God's responsibility is outcomes. You don't worry about the outcomes. You just be obedient. I mean... I don't think Kelly has been stalking us on social media or anything. (laughs) Carrying the ark, guys.
God's presence will not be handled. It will be honored. Like David, we're not going to take the ark back to Gibeon. We're going to put it right by the house. We're going to make our hearts an altar and our homes an altar and this church an altar. And out of the overflow of that, Middle Tennessee will become an altar. This week, at the end of, I don't know, my days are so, it's been crazy. On Friday and Saturday of last week, I was at a conference in New York. And I signed up for this thing because one of our overseers, Mike Miller, said, hey, I'm going to this prayer conference. You want to come? I was like, prayer conference? Yeah, of course. It's my heartbeat. I got there and I didn't even know. The theme of the the conference was altars. And on one of the evenings, I think it was Friday night, in the the meetings, we're worshiping and praying after the, the preaching. And I heard the Lord say, not to me specifically, but to the church, So receive this. All of us, we need to receive this. He says, you you want me to send my fire. You want me to send my presence. And I want to send my fire in my presence. But you won't even build an altar for it to come and rest. And he didn't say that like in an angry, ugly way. He said it in a way of like, build an altar. Build an altar. Come on, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for you to build an altar because I want my presence to come and rest. You guys, we talk a lot in this house about being the people of prayer and about being a house of prayer, you individually, but us corporately. But we don't pray because prayer is a means to the end of itself. We pray because we want to be people of his presence. We want to know his face. like what you said about praying without like we have these expectations of what our answered prayers ought to look like but then that removes the equation of God's sovereignty out of the just removes it right out of the equation I'll have to go back and listen to the recording because you said it way better than I just did but that ties in guys that ties in with Just, Lord, we're going to pray. We're going to be obedient. And you do the rest. And we have, I told this story to the dream team this morning. We have to be people of resilience. Because there's going to be trials. There's going to be blessing. And in that blessing, the temptation is like, thanks God I got it from here. But I never, I never want to be that way, no matter how much blessing I'm walking in. And no matter how much trial I'm walking in, I know that I'm, we might be pressed, but we're not crushed. We're not destroyed. 
We might be struck down, but we're not staying down. Because resurrection power lives on the inside of us. Resilience lives on the inside of us. This morning I was brushing my teeth. And I, my toothbrush slipped out of my hand. And as I'm getting ready to walk out the door, I'm dressed. I'm ready to go. And now I got white toothpaste all over my black shirt. <laughs> and normally I just, that, those, that something like that would just like kind of be a burr under my saddle. Oh, come on, man. You got to be kidding me. There's this worship song that was playing on Spotify on my phone. I don't even know what song it was. Never heard it before, but it was singing about the joy of the Lord. All I could do was just laugh because I realized the good thing about having a closet full of black T-shirts is that you can just take one off and put on another one. And that's the spirit of resilience, guys. And you're going to be in life, and you're going to be doing something, and you're going to find, what in the world? Look at this mess. But you know what? Take that off, and let's be resilient and put the new back on. Yeah. 